Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calagiris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. Today, we are joined by Mike Belsito, co-founder of Product Collective, co-organizer of Industry the Product Conference, and genuinely passionate product pro. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. All right, Mike, I know that you're probably still recovering because just last month in September, you had your industry conference with over 1,200 people in Cleveland. Yes, I feel like I am finally recovered, which is a good thing. But Excellent. The, it, was, it was awesome. It was our best industry yet. Um, this was the fifth time that we ran what we consider to be our global edition, which takes place every fall in Cleveland, Ohio. But I feel like uh, we're hitting our stride now. And now I'm pretty pumped for the European edition coming in the spring. And then, you know, it won't be long before we're really in the midst of planning Industry 2020. So the Industry Conference to me is uh, we had a whole bunch of people there. You had us on Podcast Row, which was a fantastic edition. I loved it. Um, but I also think one of the things for me that sets industry apart from the other conferences is really how authentic it is, right? I think uh, you bring together passionate people. You make it about the conversations. You make it about the industry, uh, truly not just a name, uh, in a way where it feels like all those connections, even with that many number of people, feel very authentic and very valuable. So kudos to you, sir. Well, thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, we definitely try. I mean, it's, I think part of it is we're product people too. You know, this is something that we created, um, you know, tr- truly out of passion. I mean, we both had full-time jobs. And when I say we, my, you know, myself and also my partner, Paul McAdams, we started this together um, back, let's see, end of 2014 is when we first got together, you know, kind of envisioning what this thing could be. Uh, but but it was all sort of born out of us as product people wanting to learn more, you know, wanting to you know, bring some of the best product people in the world to us. And uh, we thought that might help us too. So I think part of the way that we've approached the conference is just as curious product people. And maybe because of that reason, you know, all those things that you mentioned, you know, they, they sort of show through, you know, because it is one of these things where it, you know, we're not making decisions based off of like, hey, you know, what, what do we think the, you know, the business requirements are for the, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's about how can we help product people? You know, like what, what can I, what am I curious about? What are some of my product friends curious about and, and how can we help sort of shine a light on those things uh, you know, every fall and, and now every spring um, for the other industry companies we do too. And, and I think because you are product people and you are honestly interested in it, right? That's sort of the, what you'd want to learn and how you want to elevate the profession is at the forefront of of everything you do, right? It's not about how do I sell a different product or even how how do you make money? Although obviously everyone in the world needs to make money of some kind, right? But it's really about how much the product matters. And again, I think you've done a great job over the last five years of treating it as a product, which I know means that you are uh, regularly adding and taking things away. Is there anything from that you guys tried in this one that uh, was new that maybe tested or anything from the feedback that you got from this year's conference that you're looking to do differently next year? Yeah. I mean, so every year I feel like there are features that either we're adding or, you know, features that were sunsetting. Um, so for instance, one of the things that we 
uh, you know, I kind of addressed the last thing, the, the, the sun setting, which is something, by the way, that a lot of product people, we don't love talking about, right? Because <laughs> we brought a feature to life, we think it's because it's important enough and, you know, it, it adds value. But then when it gets to a time where hey, maybe it's not adding the same kind of value that, you know, we once thought, it, it's important to take those features away sometimes. So even though product people may not like to talk about it all the time, it's still necessary. And for us this year, there was actually something we took away. So in the, in the very beginning, when we thought about all the reasons that people came there's a there's a few common ones, right? Like some some people come because they want to learn from the best product people around, right? Certainly, you could do that at bring all sorts of people um, under one roof. Um, but some people come because they want to uh, make connections with other products. So it's not even necessarily just the speakers um, that is of interest to them, but it's the other attendees. And that very first year we ran industry, um, we asked people um, about how well they were able to connect. And we thought we were doing the thing that you know needed to be done to help make those connections. We had you know, all sorts of time for breaks and there were social events and things like that. So I remember when we done when we did some of those very early um, interviews with attendees, like so, you know, what you know, when it comes to connecting with other attendees, like how well were you able to do that? And you say, Well, we, not that well, but it's not your fault. And I'm like, well, <laughs> who cares about the fault? But like, what do you mean by that? And like, well, you know, I know you had the social events, but like, I'm an introverted person. So I, you know, it just felt weird to like walk up to people and start talking and I was there by myself. And okay, well, so let us think about that. So one of the things that we did, and I don't remember what, I think it might've been the very, the second year of industry um, or the third, one of those two. But we, what we did is we emailed all attendees in advance and said, Hey, yeah, we want to connect with other attendees, but you might be coming on your own. You know what? It, if you're interested, you can take this brief survey and let us know, you know, the types where you're looking to connect with, the types of things that you, you know, are, are interested in connecting with people on. So it might be like, hey, I am a new product manager and I'm, I'm interested in connecting with experienced product managers to learn. Or it might be, hey, I'm a very experienced, you know, chief product officer. I'm looking to connect with, you know, maybe less experienced product people so I can mentor them. So it was a survey that everybody took. And then I would actually personally go through every response and I would hand map people. So anybody that opted into that, they would get connected in advance of the conference to at least two other people. Or not even at least, but they would get connected to two other people. And we would make an email intro. And then this way they kind of had a buddy, you know, that they could look forward to meeting up with while they were there. So people those first couple of years, they really liked that because it was a way for them with people, you know, right off the bat, they can they are guaranteed to make a couple new connections here. Um, I can tell you, it takes a lot of work to make that happen, though, right? So it, it, us personally going through it, on personally trying to connect people, and, and to be candid, all that work happens during crunch time because we don't we don't really you know we kind of wait until the very end, not to procrastinate, but to make sure that we're we're able to help as many people as we can. So we're making those connections like the week. Well, this year we decided to sunset and it wasn't because it was too much work, so to speak, or it wasn't because it wasn't, it didn't work at all. Like people did um, enjoy that in the past, but we started introducing a new feature. If you want to think of it that way to address the same problem. So one of the things that we did that was brand new last year and it was so popular, we added it this year. And um, even then we had people asking us for more. 
we scheduled out attendee dinner. And so what these were is um, we basically would just call around Cleveland and make restaurant reservations for groups of eight at all different restaurants in Cleveland um, on, for the evening of after the first day of the conference. And then we created a just a simple event page that people can opt into. And each dinner, we kind of focused around a topic. So one dinner would be about jobs to be done. Another would be about um, moving up into product leadership. And so every, every uh, you know, women in product, so we had every dinner had its own topic. And attendees pay for these on their own. This isn't something where we're covering the cost of a dinner. It, we thought about getting sponsors involved in those, but we, we wanted there to be you know kind of no selling. That was sort of one of the only rules for these dinners. Just connecting, connecting with other product people. This way, whether you came by yourself or with other team members, this is an opportunity for you to go and meet other people. And they were super popular. I mean, I think close to 100 attendees um, participated in them this year and to the point where it maxed out the number of regis- the reservations that we made. And people were asking for even more. And at that point, we can't, it, the com- tomorrow, we can't really add more at this point. So I, I mentioned those examples because when you sunset a feature like we did for industry, well, again, it's not because it didn't necessarily work, but the value that it brought um, relative to the work it, it took to put it all together, it it was just its time to sort of sunset that. And, and the attendee dinners, a great new feature that we're launching and now, now hopefully becomes a mainstay. And now we could look out for more new features to introduce next. Awesome. Important thing, I think, for um, for everybody with their products. So it can actually be very hard to sunset features uh, of a product. It can be very hard to sunset tactics and techniques in a marketing campaign, right? Things that you come attached to. So I think all of our audience can, can kind of get that idea. But it's so important because we all have finite number of resources. So if I'm going to invest in something new, I have to let something go. So always good. Yeah. So you had 1,200 people there. I know you had a bunch of different speakers and attendees. Were there any big common themes or any big aha moments that came up at the conference? Yeah. I mean, so there were a few themes that sort of emerged uh, almost organically, I'd say. You know, so when I look back at um, all of the talks, I mean, there were 20 plus speakers from all sorts of different groups, everybody from, you know, big, large enterprises like Comcast. Um, We actually had executive director for product for the X1 uh, division of Comcast, uh, Xfinity, uh, to uh, Imagineer from Walt Disney Imagineering, somebody that actually works on internal products for the Imagineering team um, and and everybody in between. So 20 plus speakers this year. Um, I will say there are some themes that, that, again, sort of naturally emerged. One of those was it's important for us as product people to manage our time better. I mean, this is kind of came up multiple times. And I think sometimes with these talks, you expect to hear talk on maybe some sort of new framework for product management or how to work with customers better. But this kind of struck a chord with me because so many product people were always starved for time. And, we're, you know, the the mantra of like, oh, not enough time in the day. You know, I feel like that's such a common one for product people. And, and it causes a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, so we had John Zaratsky who... He's actually the co-architect of the design sprint framework. Um, he created that concept when he was a, at GV, um, which is formerly Google Ventures. But John is and, and is the co-author of Sprint, but he's also the co-author of a newer book called Make Time. And with John's talk, he I know went on and about you know for attendees should actually be more proactive with the time that they spend throughout the week. Um, and and it's the small steps, and it's 
sort of habit changes that can make the biggest difference. I know some people, it's like you think about the big thing I should do to make this change. And sometimes it's not about the big strategic thing. It's almost about those small steps um, and just sort of those small habits that you can change. One of those that I remember is that, you know, John sort of compared our email inboxes as these to-do lists that are created by other people on how we are to spend our own time. When you think of it that way, you know, it, it sounds pretty unfair, right? That, that everybody else in the world is sort of creating our own to-do list. But that's what, an, yeah, that's what for a lot of people, including myself, kind of what an email inbox is. You know, I might have an idea of doing three or four or five things today. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And then I check my emails and there's 50 emails. And so I start responding, start, um, you know, doing the things that people are asking me to do in, in my inbox. And all of a sudden at the end of the day, and I haven't done the things I wanted to do. So what John's suggestion is, is make those blocks of time for email and make the blocks of time for yourself and do the things that you feel like you need to do first. And, you know, when it's time for email, you'll address email then. But when it's, you know, not that time, you should be working on your own. And so it's, it's kind of a way of approaching um, your own work. Um, so that was just what John Dretzky had said. I remember Jason Freed, who's the C CEO and co-founder of Basecamp, you know, he, he talked about time and how he and his team approaches time. And I remember him talking about roadmaps in particular. And, you know, Jason is one of the people I look up to in products for sure. But his opinions aren't necessarily going to be, you know, matched with a lot of other product people. At Basecamp, they don't do roadmaps. They scope out work in just six-week blocks of time. Anything beyond six weeks says it's not really worth my time because I'm going to spend all the time putting together a roadmap. And in six weeks, our needs are going to change. Our customers' needs are going to change. We'll figure out what we're going to do after six weeks when that time comes. But I'm not going to spend the time to create a roadmap that goes out for a full year if 80% of that stuff is probably not going to end up getting done anyway. So I, that that's one um, one theme that came out. Another theme that comes to mind for me is has less to do with um, product people's individuals, but more about the teams that product people work with. Because let's face it, like product is a team sport. We're not product people, you know, creating products on our own. Uh, in fact, we're not the ones usually creating much of anything. It's, you know, the, our UX colleagues are the ones that are actually designing. Um, the engineering team are the ones that are actually developing the software for the product. Um, sales and marketing are on the front lines actually selling uh, products and making sure that our customers know about the product. So, um, I know Claire Sullentrop, for example, when she talked about um, marketing, you know, it's something that not a lot of product people think about quite often. But it's it, at least from her perspective, the marketing team can not only be an ally, but could almost be our secret weapon. You know, when we're launching products, and what she said happens very often with a lot of companies is that the marketing team's brought on so late in the process. You know, it's like, hey, we're ready to launch this thing next week or the next couple of weeks. Like, can you? You write up, uh, you know, some marketing materials to help us do that. And what Claire was sort of imploring product people to do is bring that marketing team on. You know, whatever time you thought it should, uh, you know, is right, bring them on. Bring them on months sooner because they're probably, you know, doing things that you don't even know about. They probably have activities that have dependencies that you don't even know about. So the, the earlier on we can work with our marketing team, the um, the more that we could treat the marketing team as, as an extension of our product team and, you know, our partners of the product team, have a regular communication schedule with them, even when there's not anything, you know, sort of being launched in the moment. 
Um, but bringing them in on the things that we're working on, it's just you're going to have a much more successful launch, most likely, when the time comes for product launches um, and, and other times, you know, just they become our allies. So I, there are other speakers that talk about teams, too. But um, yeah, when you when you bring up the, the thought of themes at industry, that's kind of what comes to mind, just as a few examples. And that's just sort of scratching the surface. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, you mentioned also, yeah, actually I have a question before I go. Yeah. Different question. Fix that, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things I think is interesting and that always kind of surprises me is that you have sort of one big name, sort of person that comes speaks at industry that is not necessarily part of the product field, right? Mm. Um, and this year you had Common. Yes. Yeah. And I find it, I so, um, tell me a little bit more about why you do that as, in general, what your goal is in there and how that sort of fits with the vision of your company. Yeah. Well, you know, it's something we've actually done for a few years. It's just a little bit of a different way. I mean, from the very beginning, we've actually had it, it, this idea that, hey, we can learn from people that aren't necessarily the quote unquote traditional product, pre- product people. We can learn from people that, um, maybe are doing things that are sort of tangential to product. Maybe there's some analogs that we could draw. Um, so from the very beginning, we've had people like Ilana Karp, who is the chief culinary officer at Pinated, um, who, you know, again, her, her, she does work in product. You want to think of it that way, but her product is food, you know, and, and the meal kits that Plated puts together, um, and how they approach, you know, creating the, those very meal kits. Uh, so she was an early speaker. I'm um, Graham Vesey. Who's the founder of a company called Manfi, which is wine in a can, uh, basically that he brought to market. He's also a, a developer, and uh, now not a software developer, but a neighborhood developer. Um, there's a neighborhood in Cleveland called Hingetown that he brought to life. You know, now if you were to ask people in Cleveland where Hingetown is, oh yeah, you know, he'd give you directions. But like Hingetown as a brand, if you want to think of it that way, was never a thing before just a few years ago. So Graham essentially created this pocket of a neighborhood in Cleveland. And so we've had speakers like that come in and talk about products that they've worked on that again, yeah, maybe to software product people, it's a, it seems like it might be out of left field. But what we learned is that people usually leave after those talks, pulling away things that they didn't realize that they would pull away. And that was our goal. That was our intent. Um, last year, and this year is the first time where we actually decided to have speakers like that, but on a celebrity level. So last year it was BJ Novak, who was one of the lead writers for The Office. And for those that watch The Office, he was Ryan the intern. Um, this year it was Grammy and Academy Award winning artist Common, who, you know, again, most people think of as a, you know, rapper and hip hop artist um, and a film actor. But the reality is he's a creative professional, you know, just like we as product people are creative professionals. And we like the idea of bringing in these people where, again, you're not going to see these folks, you're not going to see BJ Novak or come in at, at most other product conferences, that's for sure. Um, but when you actually hear their stories and hear their talks, we think it's kind of a, you know, it's just, it, it's sort of a, hopefully a refreshing uh, change of pace for people. That's an opportunity for them to get to uh, maybe connect with these celebrities on a level they might not have before. Um, we actually always have these celebrities then join our talk docs, which for those of you that have never been in an industry, immediately after the main stage, the last two speakers join us in our talk shop stage. And the talk shop stage is smaller. Um, it is where attendees can actually ask questions to our speakers. So 
it's it's sort of like our version of an audience Q and A. Though we allow the attendees to ask the questions directly to the celebrity speakers too. Um, it's not like these celebrity speakers just come up on stage and then you know bam. And uh, yeah, I you know I had the the I guess you could say honor, but also it was sort of a scary thing for me. But you know, I was the one to actually interview Common on stage and. I wanted to make sure that the questions that I asked them were questions that I thought, you know, could relate to Mark as well. And based on the feedback that we got for people after the conference, it seems like that was the case. But yeah, sort of our, it's one of our, um, you know, one of the characteristics about industry, I think, that just makes it a little bit different is that we like having those, um, you know, out of the norm speakers. And we'll continue to do that. One of the things I think it's a good example of is, learning by looking outside of your normal area, right? So a lot of the industry is very much about product people learning from other product people, and that's super valuable. But sometimes when we look in a completely different space about how they've solved the problem, um, it just it, it can lead to some really creative and innovative thinking because you're applying um, a little bit less of, you know, not necessarily your competition, but you're used to being like, oh, I'm kind of like this. I could do something like that too. But when you're looking at solutions and approaches applied in a different field and you can figure out how to apply them in product, I think you can see some really disruptive um, activities. So I think it's a really interesting mind exercise, for lack of a better word, um, to help people think creatively about and outside the box about product. So. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I hear he he uh he dropped some, a little rap at the end as well. So that you can't go wrong with that, right? You have your own you have your own industry freestyle rap now. Fun. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was at the at the very end. It was totally unexpected on our end. It's not something that we had uh, asked for that he you know agreed to do in advance or anything like that. No, I just felt it was one of those things. I I wish I could ask about something like I be in poor form. To right. Him to freestyle or anything. <laughs> ask the final question. It was just to wrap things up. He says something. And now and then just start going into a freestyling about product collective in Cleveland. And it was a pretty awesome way to end that day. I'm not going to lie. It is. It gives the idea of wrap up a whole new meaning. So it's just perfect. I love it. Hi, Megan. We have just a few more minutes. Is there anything else, anything that you maybe took away yourself personally from the conference as a product person that you want to share that you want people to know about? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is we are all in the same boat, you know, trying to figure this whole product thing out. You know, I, I think back to when I first started uh, my first product role, really, you know, when I was asked to take on this um, director of product strategy role. And I remember when they asked me, um, they were recruiting me for this position. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be a fit for me. Like, I never went to school for product management. And they were like, oh, no, Mike, that's not a thing. Like, nobody went to school for product management. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, the short of it is I took that position. But, like, in my mind, I kept saying, what, what happens when they figure out I don't know what I'm doing? You know? And so that's what sort of led me to reading books and podcasts listening to podcasts and reading blogs and, and all of that. Um, and ultimately, it's what led us to starting industry, honestly. This kind of yearning for, for knowledge and information about the product world uh, and what it means to be a product person. But I, I still feel that way. And I think because there is very little you know, sort of traditional education in product management, and that's changing. You know, there are some programs 
that exists now. I actually teach an undergraduate environmental management class at Case Western Reserve University too. Um, and, but the, the reality is we're still all in this thing with there's, you know, there's no like rule book for product management. So we're, we're, you know, every year at industry, even people with deep experience, you know, they come and they're still, you know, yearning for more, um, trying to learn more. And so I, I think that it's sort of a special thing about our field, our discipline that, um, I think makes conferences like ours, you know, hopefully a necessary thing, but, but, you know, something that actually adds real value. It is something else that, you know, for us at Product Collective, you know, we're trying to think of, okay, how else, you know, knowing that people are trying to, um, you know, yearn for this information and they feel like they need this constant learning, you know, what else can we do? You know, one of the things we, we love, you know, spreading the word about Pragmatic Institute's uh, certification courses. I mean, those are, those are, you know, the best in the business. And, you know, fun when you ask people that are in product management, Hey, how many people have gone through pragmatic training and you see so many hands go up? So that's something we continue to do, you know, just spread the word on that. Um, we're also, um, in the process of looking at a round table concept. You know, it's something that we're, I, I would, wouldn't put it as like it's a finished product. I'd put it as we're still getting feedback from customers on, but if people went to productcollective.com slash round tables, you know, we are at the stage where we're getting feedback from people on it. And the concept is just like in the business world, you know, some business professionals have mastermind groups that they turn to. And, uh, you know, especially in the entrepreneurial world, you might have a mentor that's a part of that group that's, that's been there before, you know, maybe a sort of master entrepreneur. And then you have eight to 10 other people that are part of that. And, and it's a close knit group. People can feel comfortable trading ideas, thoughts, you know, being real with each other. Um, it, we're, we're in the process of, of looking at that concept for product collective. And, um, so we've shared some information. And are starting to capture some information from people who might want to be sort of early users of that concept for us. And, um, and part of it could even include, you know, uh, even though this group might be spread out throughout the country, you know, you meet at industry and it's sort of your one time a year where you can actually connect with that group in person. But the, the roundtable concept is similar in that, you know, we have a product mentor that might be at the VP or CPO level. You have other, uh, you know, attendees or sort of participants of the roundtable that are similar to you, maybe with a few years of product experience, but still, you know, relatively early stage in their product career. And then throughout the year, we organize special sort of mastermind video sessions with, um, you know, product uh, product leaders at other organizations. And it's sort of our way of curating a learning experience year round. Um, that we, that we do at industry for two days, but it's like, what else can be done in those other 363 days from a learning perspective and a connections perspective? So that's one thing we're working on. And we kind of, um, unveiled that at industry too, but it's something we're, we're definitely still looking for feedback on as well. Awesome. And Mike, if people want to reach out to you and give feedback, where would you want them to go? Yeah. Well, first of all, to, for that specific part, you can go to productcollective.com slash roundtables and you could check that out. Um, and then if you have feedback on it, there's a form right there that you could share it. You can also just reach out to me at Mike at productcollective.com. Um, anytime, you know, I'm, I'm, my email inbox is always open. Although like John Zeratsky said, we'll try to manage that a little bit better. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter at, at Belsito. That's B-E-L-S-I-T-O. Um, and you could find me there for a mixture of product management, dad jokes, and, you know, all sorts of things. <laughs> Always love a good dad joke, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure having you on today. 
Well, thank you. I really appreciate the time. And yeah, I, hopefully I can be invited back in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. That does it for today's episode. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. <laughs>